Welcome to the Andy Staples Show, Kansas in Turmoil edition. And, and we knew this was coming when the Hush Blackwell report got released by LSU last week that, that Kansas and Les Miles were not going to be together for very long after that. Uh, Matt Fortuna joins me from The Athletic. Matt, this is something that, that we saw coming. The timing of it was very Kansas-y, I guess. 11 p.m. Eastern time on a Monday night, 10 p.m. local time on a Monday night. But I guess when the deal's done, you get it done. And Les Miles is out. I We all knew this was going to happen eventually because of what was going on on the field. But the, the off-the-field stuff, I mean, there was really no choice, right? Well, it wasn't a firing. It was a mutually parting of ways. And when you say it got done when it got done, I, I'm sure that's exactly right. Because they didn't say what he's parting ways for. Andy, right. they just basically said we need to start winning more, which goes without saying. But it's I've had this also conversation. looks kind of bad to say that when when you know that's why you're firing him. But I, I'm with you. They, I'm sure they lawyered the hell out of this one, and part of the agreement was don't say you're firing Les Miles because of what came out at LSU. Right, and it, it just you know, I've talked to a number of people connected to that program, and this has always been like my personal viewpoint of the place. There's no good reason that Kansas football should spend a decade as the laughingstock of college football. Like, I'm not saying they need to be Oklahoma or Texas, but like they have more than enough there to feel a competent program that can go to bowl games regularly, maybe get a big upset here or there. Do Look, Matt Campbell's a rock star, so I'm not saying, all right, you can hire a good coach and you're going to be in the Fiesta Bowl next year. But if Iowa State and Kansas State can do what they do, there's no reason right. Kansas should be that bad in that conference. Now here's for this here's long. the challenge. Here's the challenge. Matt Campbell is doing what he's doing at Iowa State. Uh, Chris Kleiman, unlike Ron Prince, a much better follower of the Bill Snyder blueprint at Kansas State. So this this all makes it harder for Kansas to win. And but you're right. They shouldn't be this bad. You want to, you want to hear a really depressing statistic? I got one for you, but you first. Okay. So since Mark Mangino's last win at Kansas, which was a win against Iowa State in October of 2009, Kansas is 7-98 in Big 12 play. Seven wins, huh? Can we name all seven off the top of our head? <laughs> one of them is against Texas. That's I right. I do know that. <laughs> That's probably the only one I can remember off the top of my head. There's, there's, a, depressing... there's a TCU win in there. They pushed Oklahoma once. They did. They did. Um, and they pushed Texas... A couple other times, too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the depressing stat I was going to recite, I put it in the newsletter last night. This is actually more depressing for non-Kansas fans, but Kansas football has won a major bowl game more recently than Nebraska, Tennessee, Miami, and Notre Dame. That's right. That's right. They won the Orange Bowl. That 2007 team was was really good. We, I, we don't appreciate Todd Reesing as much as we no. should. <laughs> no. And maybe in another era like this one, a five foot eleven quarterback gets... Maybe a little more respect on his name and a little more looks at the next level. I'm not sure, but that was that that entire 2007 season is is worthy of its own 30 for 30 or or book. But uh, Kansas and Missouri playing a one versus two game on the last day of the regular season there will forever take the cake. Well, and, and 2007 was the weirdest year of college football ever, and that probably might have been the weirdest moment right there. <laughs> Kansas, Missouri. Number one versus number two, 
the border war. You, you know yeah, who won it, the it, national it, title that year? Les Miles. I do. Les <laughs> Miles. And and the thing is, you know, this is not to get too far away. So the, the reason Les Miles is gone at Kansas now and not, I guess, after this season, probably when, when he lost a bunch more games, was this stuff comes out at LSU. Uh, basically, USA Today had to sue to get it. And, you know, I, I'm not sure... Do you think this comes out? Because remember, LSU had commissioned this report from a law firm called Hush Blackwell after a USA Today story detailed a bunch of stuff involving Darius Geis and Drake Davis and stuff that happened kind of it crossed the the Les Miles era into the Ed Orgeron era. But so they, they were initially going to do a report on on things that happened kind of from 2016 on. If USA Today doesn't find out about the previous report, the one that, that LSU hired a firm called Taylor Porter to do back in 2013. Do you think that that gets included in this? Good question. Fair question. And the natural follow-up to that is, is Les Miles still employed as Kansas football coach right now yeah, without everything which he probably is. this past week? Probably. Um, you know, it's weird. It's such a weird situation because this, this touches so many different sectors on and off the field, and yet, you know, to put it all in one umbrella, and I know you can't make this all neat, I just don't know who thought this was going to be a good idea. I, I, look. No. And, I, and, and, I, I didn't know any of this LSU stuff. I, I don't want to say told you so. I don't want to, you know, these are very, very serious allegations. I don't want to make light of them. Yeah. But Yeah, I well, I, I, the told you so is not, has nothing to do with the off the field stuff. The told you so has to do with the on field stuff. The the off the field stuff is is just gross. And it's really telling that Joe Oliva, the athletic director at LSU at the time, tried to fire Les Miles for cause and got blocked by at, at higher levels. And, and you saw also Monday night, King Alexander, who was the, the president of LSU at the time, who's now the president of Oregon State, basically had to say, yeah, I screwed that up and please don't fire me here. Well, LSU was still winning in 2013. They were. They were I now. Mean, I, I, I can't yeah, tell you the record were. off the top of my head, if, but it hadn't gone downhill yet. If you were paying close attention, it was it was starting, but it was certainly not to a point where anybody would have said, for for on field reasons, you would fire less miles. Now, when Oliva tried again at the end of the 2015 season and got blocked again, there was a really good case to fire less miles for on field reasons, and and he eventually got to do it after the Auburn game in 2016, but. But the Kansas thing, the hiring of Les Miles, so independent of any of the stuff that happened at LSU, whether they knew about it or not, this was the worst hire in college football this century because you had a guy who was run out at LSU because he underachieved despite having some of the best talent in the country. So now you're going to hand him some of the worst talent in the Power Five and you think he's going to overachieve? And it was, and to go back to your point with LSU, I want to make this point too. When we were talking about Joe Oliva, uh, he also basically got run out of LSU for trying to fire Will Wade, who has been running right. foul of the NCAA rulebook wide wide open, and everyone turned on him. Turned on Joe Oliva. He became the bad guy in there. Uh, and that's oversimplifying it, but basically, it, it's hard to see what else that guy could have done. If, and I don't want to make this make him out to be a sympathetic figure 
or to make this a uh, you know winners it, it, and losers podcast. It is interesting because there, there will be some some interesting revisionist history involving Joe Oliva, knowing what we know now. Right, because and he was he was viewed very differently when when he got axed at LSU. Correct, and knowing that, it's easy to see how he could have gotten overruled by trying to run out who at the time was a successful, mostly blood football coach at a football power. Um, but it, it's. <laughs> It's just a crazy situation, and to push it forward, as you were saying, with with less miles at Kansas. I mean, there was there wasn't even a search. Like this was the worst kept secret in all college sports. They had a video crew in Baton Rouge before Les was hired filming. And it's you you asked if this is the worst hire. I mean, you could argue Kansas has made three of the worst hires. Yes, yes. Between Weiss, Gill, Charlie Weiss called his team. And I quote, a pile of crap. And then he cut half of them and didn't have yes. a roster to work with. Yes, and, and put them in a scholarship hole. And David Beatty, you know, he's the, the third in this triumvirate and probably the most sympathetic figure of, of the bunch and inherited something to the tune of, of 30 scholarship players his first spring. Uh, but... And then and then Kansas fires him, says, oh, we're going to give you your buyout, and then turns around and says, oh, we're not going to give you your buyout, and he has to sue for it, and then makes Jeff Long, the athletic director, look like a complete clown in the deposition. Now, that deposition is what also tells us that there was no real search. When he can't remember if he interviewed Todd Graham, former Arizona State coach, or Todd, Todd Grantham, Grantham, current Florida defensive coordinator, two very different people, look different, sound different, not even close to the same guy. It was Todd Graham, by the way. And then could not remember the name of Jed Fish or Lou Anarumo, who we also interviewed. The the refusal to pay David Beatty's first off, how Jeff Long got where he is is probably its own podcast, how he ended up with the job at Kansas, how everyone knew this was what was going to happen. He was going to hire less miles and it wasn't going to work out. Now we didn't know it would not work out to this extent off the field, but you knew it wasn't going to work out on the field. You knew he didn't run a real search and the deposition revealed that much, but his refusal to pay David Beatty his buyout money is malpractice of the highest order in athletics administration. and, And that's why I think if you wanted to, if you're Kansas, you could fire, you could fire Jeff Long for cause. And you need to that, that, that's because the most, you're about to owe him a lot of money well, because he makes a, a 1.5 million a year. He's got two more years left on his deal. And if, it extends with basketball. Right. <laughs> if any program gets put on NCAA probation, his deal automatically ex- extends by the length of that probation. Well, guess what? The basketball program is embroiled in this Adidas FBI scandal. And even if nothing really bad happens in terms of penalties if they don't force them to fire Bill Self or if they don't you know, have a, a postseason ban or anything like that, they're going to put them on probation. So that's $1.5 million a year for every year they put them on probation that you have to pay Jeff Long. So you need to get him out of there before that happens. Well, and that's the, that's the biggest surprise so far, I think, is we all knew when that thing came out Friday, Les Miles was done at Kansas. It was a matter of dotting the I's, crossing the T's, and figuring out an exit plan that everyone could possibly live with. I think the biggest question, and the biggest question still, as that head coaching job is open, is 
was Jeff Long going to survive this or was he going to be kicked to the curb with less miles? And so far, Jeff Long's still there. And he put out a, you know, a whatever statement about the the dismissal or the, the, the separated ways. And it sounds like he's going to be able to make this higher, which I... I, I don't know how. I don't know. They made it pretty clear there was going to be an outside search firm. Well, that, that and most knows, people are like, they did, they did no search firms. That's no. That I mean, talking to people of that program, you'd be surprised how often that came up. Was they never use a search firm, and search firms get a lot of. Um, there's a lot of public discussion about what do they really do and why are they worth all this money. Um, you know, what, one I of the think things they really do is Matt. They vet candidates. They vet candidates. They check and see if there's skeletons in the pl- in the and closet. They, and they they cover their tracks. I mean, look at Tennessee with John Curry. I mean, that should be like every search firm in the country should just use those Tennessee documents as a presentation for why you need us. Uh, you never know what you need until you need it, and that's literally why search firms exist. You don't even have to listen to what they tell you <clears throat> to do. Excuse me, but you need one, especially when. You've tried it your own way, the way Kansas has for so long, and you keep digging yourself into such a deep hole. I mean, Les Miles interviewed for every possible opening between the time of his exit at LSU and the time he got hired at Kansas. And I can tell you, at least Houston is one, where mm-hmm. he almost got laughed out of the room. They said it was the worst interview they've ever had by a head coaching well, the candidate theory, ever. The theory among those, the people involved in, in that process and in, in these various processes where he was interviewed was that he was doing what he had to do to continue receiving buyout money from LSU. That there, was, that there were, might not have been an actual intent to coach. <laughs> well, do you take a Kansas job then if that's your intention or well, not intention? Maybe maybe he decided, to, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in now. I'm back. I've got the itch again. But it's just... I don't know. It, it, and then you've got the stupid show that they filmed to glorify the hiring of Les Miles where, where Jeff Long's looking really, we got to find a builder. got to get a builder here because this is a build. <laughs> we'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. So you hired the guy whose last job he took over for a program that had just won the national title two years earlier. He didn't really build much at LSU. I don't, I don't know how to break that to you. That's kind of a guy named Nick Saban who, last I checked, is a pretty good coach. I remember when they made that hire official, their Twitter account put out something, a graphic that said, you know, Kansas, the only program in the country with a national championship coach in football and men's basketball. And I know this is like cynical thinking oversimplifying matters. But knowing the way that some of the worst decision makers in this sport work, part of me was like, Jeff Long absolutely had that graphic in mind when he was interviewing Les Miles and had this coach opening. Like th- that played that played way too big of a role. Like the whole win the this press is, conference. My, and the thing is, my fans loved it. Have heard of him, but fans loved yeah. it. And but they don't. They didn't no, know. They don't know who can win football. No, games. they don't. The I mean, that's my point. I don't want to sound condescending because, like, it's our job to know more. It's their job to know more. The the people making the hiring, and you know, when when Les Miles gets, fired, I was covering Notre Dame for ESPN at the time in 2016 when Les Miles got fired, and that was the same time Notre Dame was four and eight. And you know, every Notre Dame fan in my Twitter mentioned was, you know, a national championship coach is out there. You got to go get him, Les Miles. I'm just like, wait a minute, you're criticizing Brian Kelly's play calling 
and you want this guy. Like, have you ever watched right. an LSU game? To say nothing of all the other stuff that has eventually come out since. So I just, you can't let like the fickle winds of Twitter and fan bases dictate the way you do business all the time. You can't. I know you need I, to. I, I keep joke about happy, this but. with ads because I, I I've asked athletic directors this, and and, and I said, okay. If you just went out to your donors, even even your big donors who are kind of who think they're plugged in, and and this is obviously pre last week, but I'd say who who are they telling you to hire? And they're all like Les Miles. Every one of them wants Les because they've heard of Les Miles. Yeah. What's funny is something similar happened at North Carolina at that same time with Mac Brown and. Like Mac Brown's been phenomenal there. I did not see but this coming. The, but the I, difference I is Mac, Mac Brown had been yes. very involved yes. there. He was very tapped in with the boosters there. He knew exactly what was going on there and exactly what he needed to do to fix it. I guarantee the 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 pitch Mac Brown gave to Bubba Cunningham was quite a bit more detailed than what Les Miles gave to Jeff Long. Well, it was interesting because that year, the end of the 2018 season, you had Les Miles coming back into it to go to Kansas. Mac Brown coming back into it to go to North Carolina and Gary Anderson going back to Utah State. And at the time, I thought all three were terrible hires. Now, one of them looked phenomenal and the other two are already gone. <laughs> Max says, I'm, I'm 66%. You. <laughs> 66%. You know, that gets you in the Hall of Fame for playing baseball here. But um, it, it's like you said, Mac Brown knew the train in North Carolina and he had been at other programs as an announcer and he had learned what did and didn't work. And you take you spend five minutes on that campus and yeah, I, I, it sounds cliche, but you'll understand why it works for him there. Like he just has that magic touch there with those people in that state and that building is just night and day. And Larry Fedora actually was pretty like, well, like there and had done yeah. the first couple of years had done a really good job. Won a division. It, it wasn't yeah. like, it was like, Oh my God, we're taking over for the worst coach ever. Or some guy everyone hated. No, like it was just like, Mac just has this golden touch and the don't, the money just keeps coming in and we're adding this, we're adding that, you name it. So, um, but like you said, it was a completely different situation from Les Miles, but that's a good segue. I think into moving it forward, Kansas more than anyone else probably has been governed by the, win the press conference mantra of hiring. And I think the coaches who will succeed there are the guys who are kind of the opposite of that in theory, older established yeah. guys who have won well, consistently. That, that's what you think. I have the perfect candidate. I know you do. And you know, that, that's, I, I wonder if that's a win the press conference or lose a conference hire. And we'll get to that in a, in a second. But oh, it's that's, if, that's one where, where some people will say you won and most people will say you lost. Exactly. But yeah. No, I, the, the, the profile for this job as it stands now, if you look at, at the names that you're seeing pop out, older guys who are program builders, who real, real program builders, yes. they've gone to places where it's very hard to win. And been successful. And so we would be talking about uh, Lance Leopold at Buffalo. Though I would argue Wisconsin Whitewater, where he had his most success, is kind of the Ohio State of Division Three. So it but Buffalo is, is a hard He's place to He's done good at Buffalo. Well there. Yeah. Yeah. He's, Willie Fritz at Tulane is another one uh, that, that is an obvious one. Uh, Jeff Munkin and Army is the is the guy I said they should hire last time. Because I think you should be different. You should do something different. I'm actually going much further than that this time. But I would I would be okay with with Jeff Munkin going to Kansas too. I'd be fine with any of the three guys you just mentioned. Um, I think, look, there's Graham Harrell, Kevin Kane, a number of other talented up and coming assistants who I think would be interested and under normal circumstances would deserve 
long looks. I just don't know if that's what you can do, especially at this time of the calendar year to make a guy become a first-time head coach. Um, but I really like the first three guys. Oh, who, if I, USC I, lost Graham Harrell right now. <laughs> oh, I, I really like the first three guys you just mentioned. Um, Munkin's the interesting one, right? Because everyone talks about winning the press conference and this guy can't get an interview really anywhere despite completely turning around. Because people say Army the football. option doesn't sell tickets. Which and, is... And, one, the guy is one of 12 coaches in his family. He can hire anyone to be his offense coordinator tomorrow and run whatever they want to run. Two, do what Coastal Carolina does. They basically run the same thing, tinker it a little bit, call it a different name, and people think it's really exciting. I mean, it's that simple. It, 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 and- exactly. If you, if you run it from the shotgun. And we had Jamie Chadwell on the show on Friday explaining that. If you run the triple option from the shotgun and throw every once in a while, everybody loves it. Exactly. I mean... And- the, the Nebraska offense of the mid '90s was is the best example of this. The triple option was their play action, but they threw quite a bit, and it was awesome. I think there's so many different variations of it now that it's it's just way too tired or old school thinking to think. Well, you know, it, this isn't the '90s anymore. We can't run this. Like one, you're Kansas. Beggars don't get to be choosers. Two, look what Munkin's done in Army. I mean. You talk about a hard place to win, a place that has had no success, an adult in the room with Midwestern roots who is a true leader and is going to clean things up. I mean, that's the guy. And, and, you know, I don't know what more he could possibly do at Army, but he couldn't even get an interview at South Carolina where the president is the guy who hired him at Army. Worked with him in Army. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the donors wouldn't even let him um, interview. Well, here's the thing thing about Munkin or, or anybody of that ilk at a place like Kansas. Kansas must have a defined identity. Yes. It must. Like Kansas State has a defined identity. And and Chris Kleiman has done a really good job of of building to that, playing to that. The best case of a defined identity in college football in the Power Five is Wisconsin. Barry Alvarez established the identity years ago, probably 30 years ago, or maybe not quite that long ago. No, about 30. Uh, but, but 20. Yeah, 25 years ago, basically. 93, they won the, you know, won the Big Ten. But he established the identity and then has carried through four different coaches. And they're still doing basically the same. Now, they adjust as the game adjusts. But they know what they are. And they can recruit to that. And that is critically important. Because if you don't know what you are, you can't have a coherent recruiting plan. There are a lot of good up-and-coming Offense coordinators who are the or offense coordinators or offensive minded head coaches who every offensive guy right now is a win the press conference hire, right? I mean, that, that's what fans want to sell see. That's what they want to sell. That's why uh defense coordinators have such a hard time getting jobs these days because the numbers aren't there and people want to sell tickets. That said, you're in the Big 12. You're not gonna out scheme Lincoln Riley with some fancy passing plays. Uh most schools in that conference run some version of the same thing. Texas and Oklahoma are so much better staffed and resourced than everyone else in that conference that you're not going to be expected to annually compete with and beat those teams and win Big 12 titles every year. Although Kansas, crazily enough, under Mark Mangino, has proven they could do that when the cards line right like they did for them in 2007. You need a head coach who, like you said, has an identity, Preferably has defensive roots because I think you're going to win with defense there. You're not again. You're not going to out scheme or outscore all those Big Twelve offenses every year. I'm going to out scheme and outscore and them. <laughs> just get with to a bowl guy. game most years. Like this job should not be that bad. Like it just shouldn't. Like there's good no, they, recruiting they territory have, there. 
they, and they have decent facilities. They have you see such the way a they big brand reach players. across the Midwest. They're, they're, right. Their they're football players get treated very well yes. there. It's not a case where they're second-class citizens to the basketball team or anything like that. They're treated well. No, but like, and, I, I look at, like, I'm a Penn State graduate. People always ask me, why can't Penn State be bad at basketball? I'm like, it's literally major league. They don't want them to be good. They're good at hockey. They're good at wrestling. They are happy succeeding in those sports, putting money and donors into those sports and just collecting their Big Ten check from basketball. They don't want to be good. Now, it's not a good now I'm, territory Now I'm just imagining a, a, a standee of, of Penn State President Eric Barron and uh, every time Penn State basketball wins, we peel a section. I mean, it's <laughs> it is literally major league element there. I mean, they had their plane stop over twice in South Bend during road trips to the western part of the Big Ten last year, and then their plane company went out of business. Like nobody there cares. Nobody there invests. No matter how good you do, that's why every coach, for the most part, has voluntarily left that place. Kansas football is not that way. one. You can't be that way with football at the Power Five level. You can't just fake it and ignore it. Two, like. They could be all right. Like, again, Iowa State and Kansas State have shown you you can win consistently in this league. Maybe not at the highest of high levels, but you could at least go to bowl games every year. Occasionally knock off a blue blood that you should have no business being on the field with. And there is pride in that program. There is a big alumni base that, at least when it comes to football, is reasonable and is not expecting you to win a national title every year. I I, I just... It just is incredible to me how this place keeps screwing it up time and time again, usually with the same mistake time and time again. And now they find themselves where they are and they've been the butt of all jokes for for longer than I can even remember. And it just it does not need to be that way. We'll be right back after these words. Here's who they need to hire. Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly is the coach at Pulaski Academy in Little Rock, Arkansas. He is also known as the the high school coach who does not punt. He doesn't punt. They onside kick after every score. Uh, they go for every fourth down, which obviously they don't punt. Uh, his new thing is if you run on the first play of a drive, you're dumb because gaining four yards or more on the first play of a drive increases your odds of scoring by a ton. So which plays – think about this. Let's say you're a great running team. You average six yards a carry. That means you're awesome on the ground. But more than half the time, you won't gain four yards running the ball on the first play of the drive. So you're going to throw every time on the first play of the drive. Now, he's not abandoning the running game. There's there's a use for it later. But everything he does is built on analytics. And, And so he won three Arkansas State titles in his first 11 years on the job because he's a pretty good play caller, pretty good motivator. Uh occasionally had a good player. They're not normally very talented there, but they did have Hunter Henry, who folks who are fans of Arkansas and the Los Angeles Chargers know Hunter Henry very well. But since he built his decided to build his program completely on analytics, this was, was seven years ago, they've won six state titles. They go in and they play teams that they have no business playing and beating them. Uh, in 2015, I went to see their game at Highland Park in Dallas. Highland Park had not lost a home game at that point since George Herbert Walker Bush was president. They had Division I athletes all over the field. Highland Park did. Pulaski Academy beat them 40-13. to 13. Highland Park, by the way, was not bad that season. They went 10-2 and two playing 6A football in Texas. So what they do, and this is what it is, I think you know, a lot of it's the analytics and, and just him kind of finding an edge here and there, but I think the, the overarching thing is they put the opposing sideline 
in a really weird state. They basically pucker the opposing sideline completely because if you know the team's going to go for it on every fourth down and they're going to onside kick every time, it's basically like playing against a team that's down 13 with three minutes to go. How many times have you watched a game where the team down 13 with three minutes to go scores and then they have an onside kick and sometimes they get it and sometimes they don't. But the defense almost always fails on that first drive because they just can't handle the pressure. Well, that pressure is applied for the entire game. And now, would he not punt in the Big 12? He'd have to run the numbers. But my guess is... He you don't want to punt, punt little because, in the Big 12. Well, exactly. He would, have, he would punt very little because if you think about it, you punt, let's say you... Let's say you you kick it 45 yards, they return it 10. So you've got a, a net of 35 yards in field position change. Well, unfortunately, the offenses at Oklahoma or Oklahoma State or Brock Purdy at Iowa State, they can cover that in about three plays if, if they're rolling. Or they can cover it in one play if they're really rolling. So you you don't gain much from that. You gain more from keeping the ball. And, and the, the way... He would justify that the way Kevin Kelly would justify that is expected points per drive. You know, if if Oklahoma has this many expected points per drive, give them fewer drives by trying to keep the ball. So I'm getting a lot of Joe Molia vibes from from this one, maybe without the billion dollar side job before Joe Molia wanted uh, at oh, Coastal oh, Carolina. Oh, he won a lot. Absolutely. It's, I mean, that in a good way. And, um, and his successor, Jamie Chadwell, has beaten Kansas <laughs> two years in a row. That's right. Um wouldn't be the first Arkansas high school head coach to go on to have successful Power Five career. No, not even. That's close. right. There was that one who won the SEC and played for the national title a few years ago, and, and he just got fired. But it, it, well, he it just paid got hired too. Five million dollars. <laughs> exactly. He just got hired too. Yeah, Gus Gus Malzahn was also a uh, just a, a a very kind of pioneering high school head coach in Arkansas. Now he was went it you freeze the same way, or I imagine that. Similar track? Was, no, Hugh Freeze is different. He was a high school coach. He was Michael Orr's high school coach, and that got him into the door at Ole Miss. Uh, they put him on the field at Ole Miss after a year, and then he he wound up having to go to Lambeth College, which, by the way, I'm working on a story on all that. It's it's pretty interesting. Uh, but he uh, he went to Lambeth College, San Jose State, and it kind of went from there. But, yes, there is a history of high school coaches being able to come into FBS football and be successful. Now they're not all successful, but there's a history of that. And I mean, shoot, Notre Dame hired a high school coach. Just because I remember when Tony Sanchez got hired at UNLV, I remember having flashbacks to Jerry Faust at uh, Notre Dame, and neither of those exactly worked out the way you would hope. But Jerry I, Faust I was not them. bad. Kansas would take Jerry Faust's Notre Dame record. Uh, yeah, I mean they should. Um, I mean, again, Kansas is not in a position to really By turn the- any, anyone away right now. By the way, not to completely derail the podcast, but can you imagine Notre Dame hiring the coach at Cincinnati Moeller High School now? Well, they had, let's see, they had the quarterback, Andrew Hendricks, a few years ago. I believe Hendricks' successor, Gus Ragland, went there and is a GA at Notre Dame right now. What's well, a, It's but a powerhouse. That's GA, not, yeah. uh, not, not head coach. Notre Dame, no, I cannot. Um <laughs> It's, I mean, that, that that would explode. Like, Twitter would explode. It would be like if Twitter had been around when the Yankees pitchers switched wives. Like, <laughs> it just, it's one of those stories that could not happen in 2021. The difference is, at Kansas, it could happen. Because here's my thing about whether you hire Kevin Kelly or not. You stink 
Like if this doesn't work, yeah. you just keep stinking. But you doesn't it doesn't cost you very much, and then you just go hire the the conventional hire you would have hired all along. But if this works, uh, did, it'll you, be the most fun you ever had. If Jeff Long can make this hire, is he emboldened enough to do it? Because it's like, whatever, I'm getting fired anyway. There is no way Jeff Long even considers this. Take the man's keys if you want to have any hope. I mean, look, I like weird. I like quirky. I like different. I like anything that shakes the sport out of the normal hiring practices, which is usually, again, win the press conference or this guy used to work with this guy 100 years ago, so he's going to hire him, Kansas. Um, So I'm all for it. Will it work? I don't know. Um, I, I think... It would be cool and fun for a year or two. And then you, you know, people would eventually adjust and maybe Kevin Kelly. Is but you don't think Kevin to, Kelly would adjust too? I don't know. Chip Kelly never really adjusted once everyone caught up to him at, at Oregon. <laughs> it's uh, but but Nick Saban adjusts all the time. Right. Well, I think that that's. I mean, that, if that's you're, the if thing, you're able to be forward thinking and, and, and progressive. Yeah. You're great. Steve, and Steve if you're Spurrier not, ditched the fun and gun and, and used Appalachian State's offense to have his greatest success at South Carolina. Well, great, so, the great I mean, ones it, figure it out. The other ones adjust. still kind of yeah. wait. I mean, we'll see. And I, you know, I'm but still this not is a guy who constantly adjusts based on the math. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm picturing like a, a Warriors three-point boom in the NBA where now like everyone's taking 33s a game and that's just the norm and the scores are are different than they were 10 years ago. I'm okay with it. Oh, I'm okay with it. <laughs> because... Honestly, what? How different is that than? Because we've actually seen this in the Big Twelve before. I was going to say he fit right in in some ways. Mike Leach goes to Oklahoma with Bob Stoops in 1999, spends one year there, and becomes the head coach of Texas Tech. Within six years, the majority of the league is running the offense. So it's not like we haven't seen this sort of thing before. The Big Twelve is ripe for disruption. What's um? Are there any local connections? Do we know anything about Kevin Kelly's staff building or recruiting abilities? Because this is Power well, Five. It's not like you're abil- going to a group his, of five and can just outscheme. His people. recruiting ability is based is going to be based on analytics too. Now, let's not forget he's a high school coach, so he's pretty familiar with what different schools recruit, what they're looking for, what they want. So I think he's he can he could build a profile pretty quickly of. What is a player I can reasonably expect to be interested here? And and I would be the thing I would say is if he can get, let's say, Mountain West or American quality talent, I bet he'd do better than Les Miles did at Kansas. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think because bar should be a little bit higher. Kansas, than that, Kansas, yeah. Kansas has just been. Yeah, Kansas has been been blowing out the 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 offers and and anybody who wants to start. The only time Kansas really was a a player in recruiting was like two minutes when when Tony Hull was the running backs coach. Their former uh, New Orleans high school coach Tony Hull, New Orleans high school coach by the way, uh, he's now in Hawaii. But he had Jamar Chase committed there for for a weekend. Think things change a little bit for. Uh... If Les Miles' new job, or I guess old job, his most recent old job gets Jamar Chase instead of his previous old job, LSU? <laughs> no, he would have left. Probably. Or I mean, look, Puka Williams was good there, but... He was good. Did it win them that many games? And no. Puka, Puka was another one from Louisiana that, that Tony Hall got. So, I, yeah, you can get a few of those. That, that would change things dramatically, but the problem is the way they're playing and the way they've been winning and losing, they can't. 
They can't get those players. So you got to win some before you can worry about that. You got to win some. You need to, I mean, I come, come back to what you said, the word identity. I mean, that, that's the biggest thing when you're at a program like Kansas. I, I just think the hires have not worked out in most cases for pretty obvious reasons, football-wise, Les Miles and Charlie Weiss. I mean, again, yep. David Beatty, I think this didn't work out. I mean, he was dealt a really rough deck of cards when he got there. Um, but he I also think may not have been ready to be a head coach. I mean, sure. that that's the other part of it. Now, he had a, a fairly extensive high school experience as well, uh, but was coming from the receiver's job at, at Texas A&M. And look, not all these are going to work. Most of these are going to fail. Here, This is the issue. Even if Kansas hire makes a good hire here, what we consider to be a good hire, and, and like if they hire Jeff Munkin, I would say that's a good hire. If they hire uh, Willie Fritz, I'd say that's a good hire it's still not likely going to work. Well, define work. A bowl team consistently. You don't think? A six and six team consistently. I think after three years of actually like building that thing up with either of those guys. And again, they're old enough where that's the fear, right? If you come in a guy who makes a quick fix, he's going to bounce the minute he gets them to a bowl game. Whereas I think a Munkin or a Leopold or Fritz is old enough where like this is who they are. This is what they like to do. They're not going to be yeah, I mean, looking for the if, next If you hire thing. Willie Fritz, if you hire Willie Fritz, this is his last job. Right. And but I don't I don't think that I don't think that should be a criteria. He won't leave is a lousy criteria. That is loser thinking. Like you hire the person who can win the most. And if they do great and they leave, hire another person who can win the most. I agree. I just don't. I think they've tried excuse me, the other way so often. That How? When? Who? Charlie Weiss. Who, who do they hire who could win the... Charlie Weiss got fired at Notre Dame. Again, they hired people who couldn't win with more talent. Turner, That's Gale, completely Turner, Turner Gale, backward. Which, which, Turner Gale's the one where, okay. I mean, I know why it didn't work. That's but, the one. But that was one that was like, oh, they, they got a good hire and it wasn't. How much of that was, was, so Turner Gill had a a one really good year at Buffalo. How much of that was the backlash of Auburn not considering him when they hired Gene Chizik? That was a big thing. The, everything I gather was Lou Perkins basically forcing everyone to completely cut ties for the previous regime. And once they lost Chris Dawson as their strength coach, the discipline in that program just completely went to crap and they just never were able to recover from that. The other thing is, Gill's players at Liberty have been all right. I mean, it wasn't, again, it wasn't good at Kansas, and I don't want to make excuses for him because yeah. he didn't win at all while he was at Kansas. He but. signed Buckshot Calvert to play quarterback, <laughs> dude. He also signed Antonio Gandy-Golden to uh, to play receiver. Uh, but, but yes, that that it, now, Hugh Freeze is one more with those with those guys. I No, absolutely. And, and look, Hugh Freeze could coach. I don't think anyone's questioning his coaching capabilities. I guess my point with Kansas, when you said when have they made the guy who <clears throat> is going to be the best hire, they, they made the win the press conference hire, which I guess that's different if we're splitting hairs between who's going to be the actual best coach and who's going to be the guy that's going to sell tickets to get people excited with, with a brand name who's, um, you know, coach Tom Brady or coach at LSU or whatever. But I, I don't, look, I don't think they should discriminate in this, in this search. I don't. Good. I, I just think... You need to prove up the jet. Let's go to Little Rock. I'm all for let's that. Get, let's because get Kevin Kelly. He wants to, he wants ninety grand per win. There you go. And he said, "Well, it's because at this rate, the, he's the, the psychology the of, of Kansas, price points." He's like, 
He's like a hundred thousand per win sounds too expensive. Ninety grand per win sounds just right. Well, he has. They have won more than three games in twelve years there, so he wouldn't be racking up too much or cost him too much. And they'd owe him a lot more in buyout he just, money he just if he's wants, winning three games. He a can year. raise his. He, here's here's the thing. He can raise his speaking fee if he wins games at Kansas. So he's going to make that money one way or the other. Now, is he going to make as much as Les Miles or David Beatty did? Eh, maybe not. Probably not. But he might um, on the second deal. I just think you need someone who's been a head coach in college football, who's been a successful head coach at college football, to go in there and give you a thorough prognosis of everything you've been doing wrong for the last decade, and here's how you should do it. And if it works, that looks like a team that's annually contending for bowl bowl bids. If it doesn't, it's the same as everywhere else, and – this will probably be the last job for whomever takes that job. But I just, I don't think the bar is that high here. And I don't think they, in some ways they have nothing to lose because what's the difference between 15 straight three win years or 12 straight three win years, which they got right now. Um, But they have a good fan base. Like when they were winning, they were selling out that stadium. And again, you could call it a basketball school, but use that to your advantage. I mean, there's not this incredible amount of pressure to beat Oklahoma or Texas there. There's no reason. Mark Stoop says being a pretty good football coach at a basketball school is a pretty good way to make a living. No kidding. The guy signed through like what, 2027 at this point? I mean, it's, and he gets a benefit of the doubt when they, they struggle last year, just has to make a couple coaching changes. Um, I, I, I just don't think there's just no reason Kansas football should be, the butt of all jokes the way it's been for so long. There just isn't like it's there's talent in that area. They have tremendous brand reach out the movie wise. I'm in Chicago. People go, obviously Kansas is big because it's a big basketball school. So many people from Chicago go to Kansas every year just because they like Lawrence. They like the area because they want to go to a cool college town. And, you know, a lot of them come part of that football team, whether it's a manager or, or a walk on or whatever. Like there's just, I don't know how they continue to screw up something that shouldn't be that easy to screw up. And yet here we are, they've done it. It's been very predictable based on who they've hired to both coach that program and who's making the hiring for those guys to coach the program. Um, I, I just think if they got out of their own way, oversimplified things, hired a head coach who wants to be there, who has been a head coach before, I, I just think you'll at least stabilize that place. Kevin Kelly, stop punting, start living. You heard it here first, Kansas. You better trademark that before uh, Jeff Long does. I think Kevin Kelly already trademarked it. There so, he said, an, another entrepreneurial mind. I mean, he's uh, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> the, the man's mind never slows down. <laughs> <laughs> 